Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. Well, first off, sorry folks for disappearing there for like a few months, <laughs> but <laughs> the good news is we are back and not going anywhere. So hopefully you all stayed and, you know, continue to subscribe and follow us because we are picking up right where we left off and continuing our theme of Sydney Portier films. As some of you may know, Sydney Portier was one of the most respected and refined actors and directors of the 20th century, with 1967 being his biggest year with hits like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which Christina and I talk about in the previous episode. <laughs> In the Heat of the Night, and To Sir With Love. He was also the first black man to win the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1964 for the movie Lilies of the Field, which we will be talking about today, co-starring Lila Scala and Ralph Nelson. And with me, as usual, is my good friend, Christina. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> I've missed that. <laughs> yeah, it has been... It has been equally as long since Emma and I have actually just like talked on the phone as friends, so this is very nice. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a long time, but also not that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this film follows Homer Smith, played by Portier, who is in need of work and finds himself building a chapel for nuns who recently immigrated from Germany. Early on, though, he realizes that the nuns are broke and he will not be getting paid anytime soon and must decide what to do. So, Christina, what do we think of Lilies of the Field? I liked it. I definitely, like, okay, full disclosure, I definitely liked Guess Who's Coming to Dinner more. Um, I think I was more, Same. like, engaged in the plot with that one. Um, and I think I was more, like, yeah, engaged with the character interactions in that one, too. Um, but this one was fun. It was fun. It was funny. Um, I liked the yeah. story overall. I really liked the ending. I thought it was nice. I did not expect this movie to be funny. Like, I thought it was going to yeah. be this, like, big drama, and he won the Oscar for it. <laughs> so I was, like, going into it thinking because I didn't really read about it. And then I was surprised that, like, it's funny, but it's also very predictable. Like, oh, I yeah. knew he was going to stay and help them, even though they were super ungrateful. <laughs> you knew he was going to come back when he left for, like, three weeks randomly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like comes back in like a Hawaiian t-shirt and sunglasses, like, where'd he go, Hawaii? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was pretty predictable. <laughs> but, and like, like, speaking of like a movie like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, the pacing in that movie was so good, and I didn't consider that movie to be predictable, because at a moment, like, I did wonder if they would get married. Um, but yeah. this one, there wasn't really any stakes unless you're, like, that concerned about a chapel being built. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> um, it's, like, that's what's, like, on the line here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess, like, the person that, like, there weren't that many characters. Um, and of the ones that were there, they just annoyed me so much. Fair. <laughs> especially the mother um i believe her name was mother maria she just was like the most thankless person ever she was rude for being a nun i was like damn yeah could you for not being say so thank christian. you like one time <laughs> yeah and like person that's so christian she like manipulates him and like basically kidnaps him into staying and helping it's like you're using someone that's not very Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's basically like the moment he's there, he thinks he's just working for that afternoon. I think helping them with the roof of their like where they're living. And then she basically is like, well, stay for dinner. And it's like barely anything to eat. And he's like, well, I'm waiting for my money now so I can leave. And then she basically manipulates him into staying without, yeah. like, any communication with her broken English. Um, the other nuns don't speak English. And um, he basically ends up staying there without getting it paid. And they expect to drive to church, like, every Sunday. It's like, who's paying for that gas, lady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was interesting. I, I never have watched, like... 
I never watch movies, or I don't know of many that are, like, very, like, besides the sound of music, that are, like, about nuns, and, like, focus on, like, Christian themes of, like, God. That was also very interesting, where she kept, like, thanking God for, like, when he brought them food, and out of his own pocket, by the way, and, like, and she'd, instead of saying thank you to him, she would say thank you to God and the Lord, and it's like, well, he just bought that for you. Yeah, it's, like, I get it, I understand that she is religious, nothing wrong with that, but yeah, it's just, it's just a little weird, her dynamic with Homer, especially where, like, the other nuns are all so nice, um, they just don't speak as much English, so they don't talk as much, but they all seem really nice. (laughs) I know, but they get, like, no screen time whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) After he, like, he's basically kidnapped. He decides to (laughs) teach them English, which is also, like, something that's so nice because I think they're, like, listening to some recording on a gramophone (laughs) of, like, and he notices in, like, the words, like, that the, that that's recorded are, like, ridiculous words that, like, people wouldn't really often say in English. And so he decides to, like, um, like, teach them. And I, I feel like we have to talk about the scene where it's, He's like yeah. the my skin is black scene. Um, I really, I don't know if this is like horrible because like my outlook on <laughs> the world is pretty like gloomy. But like I thought that they would have been like very racist towards him. And like there is someone later on in this movie that's very racist. But they are in America and it's like kind of like a. Yes. It is like, you know, maybe not the most liberal state. And I thought he would experience racism much earlier in the film um, with the nuns. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, the thing that I find the most interesting, like, watching this movie after Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, is, like, that one was so directly about, like, racism and race relations. Like, that was the entire plot of the movie. Whereas this one, like, it was very much a movie just, you know, about people trying to build a chapel and like getting to know each other and the the racism and the race relations very much took a back seat and especially even in comparison to like in the heat of the night like you think you know Sidney Poitier was in that too which was also very much about you know oh how do how do black people and white people get along like um and you know also Mm -hmm. like dealt with racism very head-on so it was interesting to have this movie as one that like very minorly and, like, less directly dealt with racism, but mostly was not about that at all. No, and, and it's, it's, it's in the background, but, like, when, when the priest invites him, I think it's the priest, invites him into, like, his trailer, I thought something was going to happen there, like, a racist moment, but there didn't, there wasn't anything. He basically was like, why are you working for yeah. <laughs> the nuns? And then when he went into the restaurant, was like, I need a decent breakfast, like, give me sausages. And he, like, lists, <laughs> like, an entire menu of food, like, pancakes, waffles, like, <laughs> like five eggs. And that guy wasn't racist to him. And then when the racist uh, moment occurs, which we'll probably talk about later, he gives it back to that guy. Like, you know, he, he doesn't let that happen. Yeah. Um... Which is really, really nice to see. And and even though he, he does get bullied by um the mother, I don't I don't remember her name. Um Maria, he does like hold his Maria, yeah, he holds his ground at times. Um he's a bit of a pushover with her. Yeah. But there are times where he's like, Okay, I like I need you to like respect me. Um, don't treat me like a child or like be condescending towards me and so rude. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like they really butt heads like for as rude as she is to him and for as much as she does like push him around a lot like he doesn't always take it he pushes back and again like it it never seems like you know she is pushing it never seems like she is like being domineering over him because of his race it just seems like she is that way with everybody because you see how she pushes around the other nuns too yeah Yeah, I was thinking about that while watching it. If this was, like, if Homer was a white guy, um, if she would have treated him differently. And to me, I think she would have treated him the same way. Yeah, I have no doubt. She she would have been just as rude, regardless of who he was. (laughs) That woman, like, has no idea, like, never looks at herself at all. (laughs) She does. (laughs) 
no self-reflection whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was really interesting where he's, like, teaching them English and he's, like, I sit up, I sit down, and then he's like, my skin is black, and then they say, my skin is black, and they touch their skin, (laughs) and it was, like, really funny. It was one of those moments where I thought, oh, this is supposed to be a comedy, because at first I didn't really understand the the tone of the film, but I think those moments um, made it really uh, enjoyable to watch. Yeah, definitely. Like, the, the humor definitely kept me going through like some of the bits where the plot was a little slower or there wasn't as much happening yeah and I like that it was just like a 90 minute movie which they don't seem to make anymore (laughs) but I miss those like hour and a half films yeah no same I've I recently watched the new Doctor Strange movie in theaters with with Hannah um and you know it was an experience, but also it was so long. Like, why does every movie have to be over so two long. hours now? Like, bring me back 90-minute yeah. movies, please. <laughs> and every Marvel movie, too, is, like, so, so long. long. It's, like, two-plus hours. And it's, like, please, please <laughs> give me a 90-minute movie. <laughs> yeah, please. Like, not everyone wants to watch, like, length Titanic films every time they... Go to the theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to watch the sequel to the Downton Abbey movie. Um, and it's under 90 minutes, so I'm excited, I believe. <laughs> that is That sounds very good. So so that's, that's good. And it's one of those movies that you just, you go into it knowing what you're going to expect. Do I really need to watch this movie? No. Do I really like any of the characters? No. Do I like the tone of this movie? Yes. Do I like the costumes? Yes. <laughs> Will it be pretty on my eyeballs? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah, the, by the way, for people that may not know, this movie's in black and white. Um, I thought by now, like, I feel like I sound so stupid right now, but I feel like, I thought by now, like, the 60s movies were, like, in color. No, well, because, okay, maybe I'm just, like, horribly misremembering, but... Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was in color, right? Like, I'm not hallucinating that. Yeah. Yeah, and I know... Unless they colorized it, but I feel like it was... I know In the Heat of the Night was in black and white, I'm pretty sure. So, I don't know if it it? was... I think it was, or maybe I'm thinking of the TV show, (sighs) because I know there was a TV... I'm going to Google the movie real quick and see if it was also in black and white. But at least the TV show is in the heat of the night. Uh, uh, Was... uh, uh, You know what I'm trying to say. Oh, maybe the movie was in color. I think it's in color. Oh, yeah, no, the movie totally wasn't color. It was just the TV show that was in black and white sometimes. That's interesting. Yeah, so, like, I really have no idea why only this movie of the three that all came out, like, around the same time was in black and white. Maybe that was, like, a stylistic choice? Yeah, or it's low budget. <laughs> hey, yeah, true. Probably saved the money. This movie's budget probably was, like, like a pretty small, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> And we can save it for, like, the uh, fun facts. But, um, yeah, it was it was basically a fun fact. I'll just say now it was filmed in, like, two weeks. 14-day oh film. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was not, it was not, um, it was very short. Um, directed by um, Ralph Nelson. I was wanting to see, like, what other movies he had made. Um... But I don't think I recognized. Yeah, I don't know any of them. I at all. I've never heard of this director, but I do not know. No, I don't recognize any of them. Wait, did he direct Cinderella from nineteen fifty seven? Oh my god, he directed Cinderella with Julie Andrews. <gasps> okay, I know that one. I knew I had said his name before. <laughs> wow! Yeah, um, we love that one. Promoting a previous episode from like last June, maybe. Oh my god! Um, I don't remember. Jeez, I feel like maybe. So, check out that movie. (laughs) It's a great movie. It's very short as well. It's like forty-five minutes. (laughs) I liked it better than the one with um, Whitney Houston. But (laughs) true, true. Whatever. (laughs) Um. Sorry, I got distracted. So, 
Oh, yeah. So, like, we gotta talk about, like, the whole amen, amen thing yes. going on. <laughs> Do you want to take that on? It was just cute. Like, I really, yeah, it was really cute when, when you know, he was talking to them about, like, the different pronunciations of amen, amen. I don't know if there's a correct way to say it. I don't know how I would say it if you asked me to say it right now. I couldn't tell you. I don't say it often enough to really think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. But... You know, I thought it was really cute. And I really liked, I will say, like, the the one part of the movie that, like, really got me for some reason, like, emotionally, was whenever he would sing with the nuns, especially, like, at the end, when he sang the the song Mm. with the nuns, where they would all, like, be saying amen, and he would, like, sing over them. It was so sweet. I was like, they're just having fun. They're just having a good time. And I like that it was like a full circle thing that they did it at the end again. And, and I know we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but I really liked that they didn't need this dialogue of him being like, well, I'm off now. Goodbye. And like any of that, like they just ended it with him singing and walking and grabbing his stuff and, and going to his car and moving on. I, I really liked that. I really like Because now it. I feel like movies would just like nowadays would pick that apart and just like explain, explain, explain everything that's happening. And so I, I like that they just ended it like that. Yeah, no, I liked the the kind of ambiguity of, you know, not knowing what was going to happen to the nuns next or what was going to, you know, what he was going to go on to do with his life. But that, you know, they wrapped up the main part of the story, which was he built the chapel. (laughs) It happened. (laughs) I know the whole like the chapel is a character in this movie. Like it's the thing that drives everybody. The reason everyone's there in the first place and they could not have built that chapel without Homer Schmidt. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, I'm just looking. There was my favorite scene was when. Um, well, maybe I'll get to it later because it's more later on. But um, where did all those random people come from? <laughs> like, Great question. He leaves. <laughs> he leaves because he's like fed up with the literally verbal abuse and like thanklessness from mother maria and then all of a sudden he comes back in his like cool car and then they get all this material and there's these people and like mexicans and like tons of people and they're just all there all of a sudden to help build the church and it's like where who are you where did you what (laughs) i know it's like where did they come from and why couldn't she get them to help her like before and why are they helping her without getting paid that's what i'd like to know like how many these people are out there (laughs) yeah like you know it was nice when the whole community came together and and worked on the chapel i was just like where have you all been this entire movie like who are you guys (laughs) and he's also like super pissed off like he it's kind of like it's become his turf and he likes building it himself and he doesn't like other people and then he like touching his bricks and everything and he kind of like steps back for a little while he doesn't want to be involved which i thought was interesting yeah no it is interesting when um yeah when when everybody else starts building it and he just like doesn't do anything for a while like like the 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 shift from him like not wanting to build the chapel at all to only wanting to build it if it can be like him by himself like running the show (laughs) I was like how did we get here what is happening and why don't you want the help (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so Mr. Ashton oh oh, yeah sorry continue no you first no, no, you can say first. Okay, well, I just feel bad because I feel like mine might, like, get us off onto a, a another train of thought. But I got to say, I was, like, yeah. very confused about Homer's deal watching this movie. And I think it's because, okay, so I watched the movie on this website called Audio Sin Films. Um, okay. I think it's, like, a, like one that is partnered with like university and college libraries that's how I accessed it using my like university library login because like Mount Allison has a connection with audio sin films for their like film studies classes first of all incredible incredible website has like every movie ever in existence on it it's awesome um found lilies of the field on it um but also The de- so the only description of this movie I read before watching it was the one on Audio Sin Films, which says, 
an ex-GI builds a chapel for a desert convent, becoming the answer to the Mother Superior's prayers while endearing himself to the local townspeople and avoiding an arrest for a previous crime. And then I watched what? the movie and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's not it at all. Yeah, and so then I like... I looked He's up the Wikipedia. I looked up the Wikipedia page afterward, and I was like, "Did I miss something? Is he like, what? Like, is he running from the law? Like, was he in the army? Yeah. Absolutely nothing about that on the Wikipedia page. Not part of the plot at all. So then I looked at the plot of the book because it's based on a novel, um, oh. and in the novel, he is like just out of the U.S. Army, but he also is not like a criminal. Like, he is not running from a cr- a crime in the book uh, either. Typical. So I was like, typical, where like, did this assuming. description come from? Like, I was so confused watching the movie. I was like, when are we going to find out his backstory? Like, when are we going to find out? Like, when's the other shoe going to drop? When are we going to find out what his deal is? And we never do. And apparently this website just nope. lied to me because that doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> they're racist. They want to yeah. say that he's like running from the law. Well, yeah, I was like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I do not know why they would ever put that in the description of their movie. And literally, like, and I really thought, because, again, sorry, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but there's, like, the period where he disappears for, like, three weeks, I think it is, they say. Yeah. Um, and then when he comes back, he has, like, he's, like, holding his eye, or he has, like, there's, like, something wrong when he takes yeah. off his sunglasses. Doesn't he have, like, a black eye or something? Yeah, he has a black eye. I was wondering for that explanation as well. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shoot, like, he's back and he has a black eye. This must be where we find out that he's avoiding an arrest for a previous crime. Nope, we never get an explanation about it, and it is never mentioned once if he is a criminal or not. So I don't know <laughs> where that like came Sydney from. Port- <laughs> Sydney Portier just showed up to set that day with, like, a black eye, and they're like, oh, maybe no one will notice <laughs> as you're rubbing it <laughs> towards the camera. Yeah, I think like, like I thought that too. Like <laughs> normally in movies, like I I do expect like the main character. Like I want to know as much as I can about them. But I did find like it would have been nice to have a bit of backstory. But I did find that while I was watching this, I I didn't mind like not knowing too much about him. I kind of like that they left it alone. But yeah, in that case, it would have been nice to know how he got that black eye. Yeah, that was like I I agree with you. Like I didn't totally feel like I needed to know his entire backstory like I was glad we got a little bit of a background on the nuns like having immigrated like I thought that that was cool and good to know um and yeah I didn't feel like we necessarily needed a ton of Homer backstory but yeah when he shows up with like a black eye and in a Hawaiian shirt after disappearing for three weeks it would have been nice if we'd known like literally (laughs) anything about his life after that but yeah. Guess he's just some guy. <laughs> just shows up. <laughs> well, and even like. Never leaves. Honestly, not to like be a hater. And I mean, obviously, I haven't like read the book. Um, so I'm not going to be like, the book was better than the movie, because I don't know. Um, but like skimming the plot summary of the book on Wikipedia kind of makes more sense than the movie, not going to lie. <laughs> like you get, yeah. like you don't get a ton of his backstory, but you get just enough where I was like, oh, this actually makes more sense. <laughs> Really? Okay. And I like I the way the book research. ends. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, how does it end? So, okay, spoilers. Um, no one's going to read this book, I don't yeah, think. I don't know if uh, anybody's going to f- try to find The Lilies of the Field by William E. Barrett, published in, 19- published in 1962, <laughs> first of all. They made this movie, like, apparently immediately after the book came out. 1963? <laughs> um, does the book end with the words, Amen? <laughs> <laughs> Not that, well, I mean, maybe, Um, but what it says is, okay, so, like, yeah, um, he comes back, he, like, builds with, like, all the townspeople, blah, 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 Um, church is complete, and Smith is exhausted, Mother Maria insists they attend the opening mass next day to receive proper, proper recognition from the congregation, but Smith knows that his work is done, late that night, he quietly packs up and leaves, knowing that he will not return, the story of Schmidt quickly gains legendary status. Tourists come to admire the church. Stories are written in the press and donations are made to complete other buildings. A school is established uh, just as the nuns wanted. The centerpiece of the church is painted by Sister Albertine. Uh, and she paints apparently a picture of St. Benedict the Moor who bears an uncanny resemblance to Smith. And that's how it ends. 
Oh. And I was like, that's kind of nice. I kind of like that. That's, I like that. <laughs> Why did they take that away in their 14-day yeah, like filming I, they, schedule? They, yeah, I feel like they, it's like they, they kept everything from the book except for the very beginning where we get his backstory and the very end where we get the little wrap-up. And I was like, oh, that would have been kind of nice to get context on both ends. Yeah. But whatever, I guess. <laughs> Still really like the ending of the that's movie. so interesting. I wonder if they had, like, read the book and, like, casted, like, Sidney Poitier, like, while the... Like, I wonder if he was even considered, like, right away. Um, but, like, yeah, in mind. I don't know. That's interesting. No, that... Yeah, that is really interesting. I, went, I, I wouldn't know, because, I mean, like, I guess if he was in all these movies at around the same time, like, he wouldn't have been mega famous yet. Like, he would have become, yeah, like, really exactly. famous after... So I don't know. I would like, yeah, I'd like to know how this man slept. Um, because, <laughs> like, looking at all the movies he made in the 1960s, like, it's insane. I guess if this one was only 14 days, it didn't take him that long, but still. That's true. That's true. Yeah, all the premieres. If this had a premiere, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. That is, that is interesting. It's interesting that they would have made the film the only time i've ever heard of that was like the guy that wrote jaws like even before it came out the book um they were ready like spielberg was already signed on to making the movie and like that book i did like a presentation on it a link era don't even ask me how that happened (laughs) but it did (laughs) i was (laughs) it was like this food in in um english class all about like food in books and I was like, well, I'll do a twist. I'll do <laughs> the humans being the food. <laughs> That's funny. That's clever. Which was really funny because, like, I couldn't think of any book that was, like, about food. And everyone was doing, like, these fancy, like, French, like, period books. And I was like, I'm not reading one. <laughs> and you were like, you guys heard of Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> no offense. The book is terrible. Oh, damn. <laughs> it is just awful. And it barely has anything about the shark. And the movie's, like, completely different. Um... It is, it is, it's just so weird. You've watched the movie, right? Yes, I did. Or, like, a long, okay, so you know, like, Richard Dreyfuss' character, who is, like, the, um, the guy that's, like, the scientist or the marine biologist? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so in the book, it's basically about him having an affair with, like, the main guy's wife. (laughs) Wow. Which, like, okay. Doesn't make any sense at all, but it, it's very strange. And then he dies in it, so no. they changed that too. <laughs> yeah, he dies in the cage. Damn. <laughs> wow, just did like two book spoilers. Anyways, that's <laughs> the only other like movie adaption like that I've I've heard about that's like made the movie so quickly after the book was released. So that's interesting. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that is interesting. I cannot imagine, like, yeah, churning out a movie that quickly after a book has come out. And I can't, like, you know, I, I wonder how poppin' this book was, even in 1962, because, I mean, I've admittedly never heard of the book or the movie, but, I mean, you know, it's it's certainly never a book I've encountered before. So, I, and, you know, it has no. a pretty sparse Wikipedia page, so I, I, I can't help but wonder if it was, like, you know, not a very popular book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what another one is that I just remembered? This is so random. The Princess Diaries. I think that book came out, like, the year the movie came out or something. I mean, like bef- they knew before, it was yeah. going to be a hit right away. Of Are course. <laughs> <laughs> that one makes sense to me, even though I've never read the book. <laughs> I have. It's great. <laughs> um, okay, I think we should talk quickly about Mr. Ashton. So that's, like, the only main other character who's basically the racist, like, white man. Um, and he works in a construction site, or he owns a construction site, and the nuns um, attempt to pay him for material, but then they don't have any money left, so they, they, they can't pay him. And his first interaction with Homer is it's just he acts like he's so superior to him, and he's like, questions, like, what he's doing with the nuns. And then he does, like, I think a very famous part of the movie is when he calls him boy, and then Sidney Poitier quips back and calls, refers to him as boy, too, um, which is 
was a power trip on Mr. Ashton's move, but it was really powerful. It was more powerful when um, Homer says it back. Yes, definitely. So satisfying. Yeah, no, it was great. But yeah, and I think it was also interesting too, like to see that as the really standout like moment where racism was addressed in the movie because outside of that, like, and I mean, I guess, you know, a lot of the other people who Homer encounters in the movie outside of the nuns are all, we are, I, I assume we are meant to infer that they are all like immigrants themselves, like given that they are all people who speak Spanish um, and, you know, appear to be Mexican immigrants in the way that they're characterized. Yeah. Um, so like, I guess it makes sense that the only racism that Homer would encounter in the entire movie was from the only white man in the movie, aside from the priest. Um, yeah. And it was also nice. Uh, it was nice not yeah, seeing Sidney Poitier cook. treated like dirt for an entire movie because of his race. Like, that was a nice change. <laughs> yeah, and then that switch, I just wanted to say, like, the cook's really nice to him, too. Like, not there's only, like, three white men, and this is, like, the main white man. But um, that switch when when a Homer leaves for three weeks, and then uh, later on when he's, like, almost finished building the chapel... Um, Mr. Ashton asks him, like, um, to work for him full time with, like, a good pay. And yeah. Homer turns him down. And that, that how he, his body language is so different from their first interaction and how he's more like, um, do you think maybe you would like to, like, work with me? It's like, ha, huh, buddy. <laughs> oh, you come crawling back for him now, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's not as satisfying as, like, in the heat of the night when he, like, hits that guy. Like, that's in the face that's like way more satisfying but this was interesting too i mean this movie was made um four years before in the heat of the night so i assume like in those four years like with the civil rights movement a lot happened and they were able to show more stuff on screen um with the production code being gone but probably in 1963 that that was like big like him turning him down and then saying boy um that was probably a really big and rare time to see that on screen. Yeah, no, and it was also interesting um, where, like, I, I'm i not going to say the word because I don't know if it is uh, offensive or not, um, but there's the moment where, like, all of the, the workers on the chapel, like, they have the um, fiesta with Homer, like, when the chapel has been built, um, and they call him, like, the word that starts with G and ends in O. Yeah. And Homer's yeah. like, what'd you call me? And they call him that again. And he's like, well, I'm going to assume that that's nicer than another word I've been called most of my life. And then they all laugh. And that's like the only other sort of major moment where yeah. racism is addressed, but it's in like a, a camaraderie way almost. I know. I thought that was interesting too. Cause like, how does he feel like it's a, not a laughing moment yeah. Um, but the script is written for it to be like, oh, well, they, at least they didn't call him that. Yeah, like it's it's such a, yeah, it's played off for such laughs. And so watching the movie, you're sort of like, haha, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't like when movies do that. <laughs> well, hey, movies wait a do second. that. <laughs> That's not funny. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. Um um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and, and, yeah, I, I, I'm curious, like, if a movie like this was hard to get made, um, or if it, you know, with him being in the role of Homer, seeing as he wasn't an Oscar winner yet, um, and, and, it, yeah, it's interesting to see, like, I don't know if I could imagine a different actor in this role, yeah. Um, that would be, like, so flexible and have such strong... Like, he's such a man of, like, strong values and you just, like, trust him instantly. So, I yeah, I, I couldn't... Like, even when he has a black eye, it's like, well, it's probably... <laughs> like, yeah. I, I can't imagine him, like, getting into a fight, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, instantly, like, just feel calm when you see him because you know he'll do the right thing. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Like, you, I mean, you know, obviously watching the movie, like, we all know he's going to come back when he leaves. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's just, like, 
even early on when he's sort of arguing with the the nuns about or with Mother Maria specifically about whether he is going to do um like how much handiwork he's going to do and whether he's going to get paid or not like you know you're like oh he's going to come around you know he's such a nice guy yeah. come on Homer like you're going to come around <laughs> and I read something um before about this and how he was kind of Portier was kind of typecast in like the um, black savior, like saving the white mm. people. And I think that's a really interesting concept. And you can see that repeating in a lot of his movies yeah. in this one, in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, like saving the parents' marriage. And like, yeah. um, well, that one's a bit different because, but um, in the movie that I'm hoping to watch with Hannah, when he's like teaching a bunch of like these rude British kids and like he's making them respectable and and in especially in in the heat of the night and how he said in one interview how he wished he could play like a villain for once in his life um but that just wasn't offered to people of color at that time Mm. and I think that's really interesting yeah, well, it is interesting, especially with, like, you think of, yeah, movies like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and In the Heat of the Night, where, like, so much of the movie is about addressing racism, and yet, yeah. like, racism is only addressed in the very narrow box of, like, see, you totally like this black guy because he's a doctor and the nicest man you've ever met, and, like, yeah. really smart and really kind and, like, really handsome, and it's, like, you know yeah, see, we like black people. Well, we like nice, smart black people who are respectable. Like, it's such a narrow little box of acceptance. Yeah, exactly. And when we touched upon that part in in that movie, how, like, they were making it seem like, oh, look, black people have a problem with him marrying a white girl. And it's like, um, that's quite different, actually. (laughs) They were trying to push that, like, oh, look, it's equal. (laughs) They both have problems. The parents both have issues with them marrying, like interracially and it's like um well (laughs) (laughs) absolutely reeks of like pocahontas (laughs) when they're like see everybody's equally racist towards each other and you're like um Um, i don't think so actually (laughs) there's some big differences of privilege right there (laughs) should probably note that we're both white people (laughs) yeah to be fair so obviously not race relation experts by any means um but at the very least uh you know enlightened enough to know that only liking nice people of color is racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> um, before we move on to like fun facts or anything, I just want to say that I really like um, Sidney Portier's like presence, like screen presence. I just think he's like so cool. Like yeah. even when he walks down the ladder, he does it like in a really cool way, and. I don't know, he's just really interesting to watch on screen, and I find that very rare, well, especially with actors nowadays, but yeah. um, it, it's, it's like, if a movie like this, like, if I'm watching this movie, <laughs> then it has to be, like, a decent person in it, because there would never be any reason for me to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, no. With the plot. Same. <laughs> yeah, like, I cannot imagine, like, you know, I mean, I've never heard of this movie, and if a movie with this plot were made today, like, I cannot imagine having any interest in it, um, because I can't think of an actor who I would, like, care, like, a male actor who they could cast in the lead Mm -hmm. who I would care enough about to be like, oh, yeah, I'll watch this movie, but, yeah, even in this, like, some of the, the slower parts of the movie where not a lot happens, like, just, like, yeah, it's hard to look away from Sidney Poitier, because you're just, like, he's just so enjoyable to watch I just like looking at him yeah me too and not like in like a weird way yeah no, just like, like a normal yeah well like he he commands attention like he commands the screen like so well like it's really hard to 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 not yeah. watch him and I, I honestly like I cannot think of many actors who I feel that way about now like many modern ones oh I'd say none for me <laughs> I'd say, like, like, Meryl Streep, Empty Bullet Point. I don't know, like... Oh, sorry, you know, I thought you were meaning, like, male actors. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely yes. oh, zero yeah, male yeah. actors. Definitely, yeah. like, a few female <laughs> actors, but no, I cannot think of, like, a single male actor who I, like, cannot, like, 
tear my eyes off of like when they're acting except for tom holland but like i'm in love with him so you know what are you gonna do (laughs) oh i was gonna say meryl streep tom hanks for sure true true um but like i don't really watch any tom hanks movies like tom hanks now (laughs) to be fair so i'm thinking like tom hanks from like big till about like cash me if you can like those 15 years or whatever um but yeah, an actor, like, I'm not a huge fan of Timothy Chalamet. I, I don't get the big hype around him. Um, also, there'd be, like, no way he could, like, build a chapel. With, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair. You're telling me that scrawny little guy <laughs> is going to build a chapel for some nuns out in the desert? No way. No way. I mean, maybe Zendaya could. <laughs> she could. I, she I could believe do it. in her. <laughs> yeah, there's um, definitely... But yeah, there's no... <laughs> Yeah, no, there's, there's no male. Exactly. Like, there's definitely <laughs> female, like, actresses and, like, non-binary actors who I'm like, yes, like, put them on and I will never look away. But, yeah, male actors, I really, like, not to be like nobody will ever be as good as Sidney Poitier, but I can't think of anybody who I enjoy watching act as much as Sidney Poitier, and I haven't even seen that many of his movies. Exactly. I've seen, like, three, four of his movies, and I'm... <laughs> he's like one of my favorite actors of this last century yeah and I, I i don't think there will be like another one of him yeah no he's incredible oh well do you have anything left you want to talk about with the movie or should we move on to some fun facts hmm i don't think so i just yeah it was like i agree with you that i was also surprised at how funny it was especially where the premise is like so simple and like so little happens relatively speaking throughout the course of the movie but like a lot of the jokes really landed yeah oh i forgot to talk about my favorite scene but also um i find that really rare in movies nowadays too where they need to have like so much added action and yeah as much as this movie was a bit of a sleeper it was like at least like more unique than the movies nowadays i feel yeah no we're like so much stuff has to happen all the time like every scene like so much dialogue it's like calm down yeah for as much as i like definitely you know zoned out like during a few moments in the movie and like could have paid more attention to certain spots of it i also yeah it was really nice watching a movie where it was only an hour and a half and relatively little happened uh but Mm. it had a happy ending and it was like exactly what it premised itself to be. It was a movie about a guy building a chapel, and he did it. And why? Yeah. Why need more? Why watch more than that? Why use big word when few word do job, as they say? <laughs> it did what it said it would do, and it happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I just want to say my favorite scene of this movie was near the end when every like the chapel is basically all built. And the last thing they need is um, to paint the cross. And he, like, goes on a ladder and paints the cross. And, like, I think the guy that works at the restaurant was like, oh, do you need help with painting? And he's like, no, this part is mine or something like that. And um, he writes his name in the concrete. So cute. That was really nice. I love that scene. It was a nice, like, peaceful scene. And it just showed us like of the little bit we do know of homer um it shows us how important this chapel was to him and i i just thought it was really heartwarming yeah and i think too like when we were talking about wanting to know more of his backstory like i do i really like that you know we get that little bit where he says like you know i want to build i want to build something that's mine like that i've built and i think he says about how you know if he'd gone to school like maybe he could have been an architect or something um And again, like, I don't think we needed an abundance of backstory because I think that would have, like, really been a slog on the movie. But I don't know. That was nice. It would have been, like, nice if we learned, like, just just a little more about him. Just a little more. (laughs) A little bit more about Omer Smith, yeah. Um, Well, there aren't too many fun facts um, with this movie, but I'll first just say that it was nominated for five Oscars in 1963, and it won only one, which was for him... Um, which I mentioned best actor and he was the first black actor to win that um and then it was like almost 50 years I think and I think Denzel Washington was the second black man to win um the best actor yeah Denzel Washington in 2001 for training day so that's almost 
40 years later um, before another black man won an Oscar, which is crazy. Oh my God, that is crazy. Wow. And one of them was in 1963. That is so sad and that sucks. It does. So the other um, four nominations that um, it got was for Best Picture. um, And that went to Tom Jones, (laughs) a movie I've never heard of. Yeah. Oh, that's with Albert Finney, who played Daddy (laughs) Warbucks. Have you heard of him? (laughs) I know that guy. (laughs) So that won Best Picture. Um, The other nominations Tom Jones was up against was America, America, Cleopatra, and How the West Was Won. I'm surprised that Cleopatra didn't win. I feel like everyone always talks about that, but um, interesting. And then it was also nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role, which would have gone to Mother Maria, named Lila Scala, which, I mean, did she deserve an Oscar nomination for... Best supporting yelling act for yelling <laughs> and being kind of a bitch and a bully. <laughs> I mean, if she wasn't like that in real life, I guess it was good acting. I, I guess. guess. Um, most of the nominations were for Tom Jones in that category. Three people nominated, and then the winner went to Margaret Rutherford for the VIPs movie, which another another movie I've never heard of. Cool. <laughs> the VIPs movie. <laughs> I don't know why a movie would be called that. It's with Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, Maggie Smith, um, Orson Welles. Oh. Wow, that's a... It says, Whoa. inclement weather has delayed a flight from London's Heathrow Airport to New York City. A cross-section of elite passengers waits to board the plane as they experience various life crises. Okay, so it's like one of those one-day movies. Hmm. Interesting. 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 That one sounds a lot heavier (laughs) and like a lot happens in it probably. (laughs) And then it was also nominated Le Luz of the Field for Best Screenplay and Best Cinematography. Um, This this black and white cinematography, there were two sections back categories, black and white and color. It went to the movie HUD. Um... I'm not even going to read that. Um, and <laughs> for best screenplay, it went to Tom Jones. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so, never heard of it. There we but go. At least it got one and the most important one. So, so that's important. This is true. <laughs> yeah. So I already said that this film was shot in two weeks. Um, it was also, sh- it was shot all in Arizona, which would have been like super hot. Oh, God. Oof. No wonder Cindy Poitier could um, fake sleep outside because it was so hot. Can I just say he really pulled off like the jean on jean but white? Yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah. That looked good. <laughs> um, and he also gave up his usual salary uh, to do this film. Oh. Um, for a percentage of the profits. And then he got rewarded with Best Actor, so that's pretty cool. Wow, good for him. So if you do good things. Yeah, I, I guess that's the whole point of the movie, eh, is, like, karma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, well, maybe I'll get an Oscar for this. Um, yeah, that's about all the facts, except there's one interesting one. There is a sequel. I don't know if you saw this. Ooh. A sequel to Lilies of the Field called... Christmas Lilies of the Field, of made in 1979, because of course we need that. Um, and it obviously, <laughs> he did not play Homer Smith. It was played by Dilly, Billy D. Williams. And he returns, and he is persuaded to build a kindergarten school for orphans. Oh, so that's why they didn't end the movie that way, because they had to take <laughs> the end of the book and make it its own sequel, of course. <laughs> Yeah, so that came out like 16 years later. Very In interesting. Theaters? Uh, also directed, um, s- no, 16 years. Oh, no, no. <laughs> 79. But did it come out in theaters? Yes. It looks, oh no, sorry, it was NBC TV. Oh, this makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> also directed by Ralph Nelson because wow. he loved it so much, I guess. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, uh,. Let me just click on it. Yeah, it came out around Christmas, which makes sense. Great. 
Um, and it was filmed in Utah and came out on VHS 10 years later. Wow. Very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that he didn't do that again. Didn't play over yeah. for a second time. Good decision, Sidney Poitier. Well, also, yeah, like, it, I think he was, he was a little too big for, for direct-to-TV NBC movies at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I agree. <laughs> All right, should we move to the final judgment? I guess so. So, Christina, did Lilies of the Field move you or not? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with a, a soft yeah. I think that if it weren't for the end of the movie, I don't know if it would have, but, like, the ending, at the very least, the ending, if only just the ending, uh, did move me. I thought that was a really beautiful moment um, when they're all singing. And he like packs up his car and he leaves and Mother Maria is the only one not singing and you can see that she like can tell that he's not coming back, that this is like he's leaving for real. Yeah. Um and and honestly both scenes with them all singing together, I just thought it was like such a, a nice, beautiful moment of joy. So yeah. I'm I'm giving it a soft yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say it moved me too. Um I don't like there were times when I I laughed and and I rarely laugh at old or movies so it's Same. nice to be able to chuckle at times um, more of a chuckle not like a ha oh, not like some crazy <laughs> like laugh no I was like yeah no no sweating nothing like that <laughs> but um, I think the scene that made for me was definitely when he painted the cross and like signed his name I just felt like that was really special. Um, but probably not a movie I would like rewatch. Um, not to say that it wasn't like memorable at all, but I just don't think the plot interested me enough to want to like go back to it. Yeah, well, I feel like it's kind of like because it is so, it, because it is so simple. Like it makes it really nice for a first watch, but then it's like, well, you know, like what is there to rewatch? Kind of. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, but if you do want to check it out, I would totally recommend it just for Sidney Portier's presence because he's just so fun to, to watch on screen and you just can't take your eyes off him. So for that reason alone, if you haven't watched it, I suggest you go check it out. Yeah, definitely. And if you're also interested, I was going to check out, because um, when I watched the movie on BitChute, it had like a little thing that came up for um, his Oscar speech, which apparently is on YouTube. Ooh. So I might check that out too, because that sounds interesting. Yeah, I would love to hear his Oscar speech. Okay, well, I want to thank you, Christina, for coming back on the show after such a long <laughs> time. It feels so good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I want to thank you all for listening. If you are the same listeners that we had in March, um, <laughs> thank you for staying with us. I think you knew we would come back eventually, and we are here. Just and like, if you just are like new, Homer Schmidt, we always come back. Yes. yes, we always will come back. We'll come back at Christmas. We'll come. No, we'll come back before Christmas. <laughs> um, and we're gonna do one more film for Sydney Portier after this, and then change it up a bit. Um, if you are new to the show, I would love it if you'd be able to subscribe and continue listening to previous episodes and ones that will come out soon. And I hope you enjoyed listening.